Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, where our job is to help you build visibility, professional credibility, and connection with your ideal client by putting the human at the center of innovative marketing so you can build and strengthen an engaging, enduring relationship with your ideal clients. I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm honored that you're here with me. If you haven't yet joined our wonderful Flywheel Nation community, go to flywheelnation.com and join in the podcast conversations. Do subscribe to the show and also leave a review because it helps others find us. Let's get into today's masterclass on this InnovaBuzz podcast. there's a culture between us and whoever we're talking with that they're they're buying into the same uh, values that we are then you're, you're you're probably going to get this done sooner than later and be more efficient so pe- people if they if they agree on the overall um goal and they, they believe that the tools are going to be time related and we're going it's going to be more efficient that way and people can buy into it and then you know have some fun with that <laughs> Welcome back. I hope you've had an awesome week so far. If you haven't yet listened to my recent conversations with event marketing consultant Sarah Pfeiffer and with creativity author, trainer and provocateur Paula LaRocca, then check them out. But stay here, listen to today's conversation first. I'm really excited to have on the Innova Buzz podcast as my guest today, Mel Engel. He's the CEO and the chairman of the board at Predictive Oncology, a knowledge-driven company focused on applying artificial intelligence to personalized medicine and drug discovery. Their mission? To eliminate cancer. Mel has over 20 years' experience in leadership roles in both the biotechnology and healthcare industries. He has served in top-level leadership positions in a variety of companies and has launched hundreds of products. Mel has extensive experience in turning companies around, in driving sales, setting and executing strategies and operating plans, in business development, problem solving and in developing high-performing teams. In our conversation, Mel talked to me about surrounding yourself with the best people. He explained why posing the right questions is so important. And he talked about how we can get meaningful feedback. Without further ado then, let's fly into the hive and get the buzz from Mel Engel. Hi, I'm your host, Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm really excited to welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast today, all the way from Brighton, Colorado in the United States, Mel Engel, who's the CEO and chairman of the board at Predictive Oncology. Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, Mel. It's a real privilege to have you here as my guest. Thank you very much. Now, you have over 20 years experience in leadership roles, both in the biotechnology and in the healthcare industries. So it's a fascinating journey that I was reading about. Your expertise, um, amongst other things, is leadership and building high-performing teams and executing strategies. So I'm really looking forward to digging into those things. But before we 
do that, can you set some context for us in terms of what predictive oncology does and the impact they're making in the world today? Well, predictive oncology is a, uh, their mission is to eliminate cancer. And so we utilize our artificial intelligence technology to, to make that happen. And so we are um, uh, developing a, a system where we can actually use that artificial intelligence to, um, to take the artificial intelligence together with the 150,000 tumors that we, the cancer tumors that we have in our inventory, if you will, and be able to match that data against patient data to determine which tumors require which drugs and which, uh, and which uh, you know, where they're successful. So it is a, um, it's, it is a uh, system where we can actually tell the pharmaceutical companies with the compounds that they're coming out with, which ones will be more likely to, to show efficacy um, versus other ones. So that will help reduce their, their time to market. So their actual uh, preclinical testing or um, they're actually going to avoid animal models if you want. We can actually take the tumor information and be able to, to use artificial intelligence against it to determine which compounds are going to work and not work as efficiently as others. So that, that's a simple answer to a complicated kind of company that we are, are doing, but it is a, um, it's focused on the patient and it's focused on getting the information in the hands of decision makers that can actually um, reduce the likelihood the cancer will, um, we want to be able to cure the cancer within the, within the patient, if we can. Well, that, that's, uh, first of all, very noble cause. I mean, our cancer has been uh, one of the most insidious diseases of, of our time. Uh, so essentially, you're crunching a heap of data with artificial intelligence and getting to some predictive um, outcomes very quickly that, that enable the drug companies then to focus their efforts on, on the things that have the highest likelihood of, of working in a particular scenario. You got it. That's exactly the name of the company, Predictive <laughs> Oncology, and now that it'll work. So, the, you know, we want to be able to predict the outcome uh, to streamline the, the, the overall process if possible. Mm, great. And, and you personally, Mel, what impact are you having in the world? Uh, for at this point in time, I believe that I've got a, a mission, and that is to, to lead this company to, uh, to its maximum level within uh, the next two or three years. We've got an amazing technology that's coming out. We just bought Z Predictive, which is a, a similar kind of company about two weeks ago. Um, we raised uh, $40, $50 million in cash at the beginning of the year. Uh, so that got us a war chest that we need to do to be able to continue our, our quest forward. We've got uh, an artificial intelligence system that's been perfected by Carnegie Mellon, by two of the finest uh, PhDs that I've ever met in that area. And so we also have a, pro a program that we've tested called Discovery 21 that applies the artificial intelligence model against the, the, the 100 tumors. And we took 100 um, patients and we were able to, to actually do that um, testing ahead of time to determine that our system actually works. So we'll be um, launching that next year. And we've also hired a senior VP of, of um, strategic sales and business development to be able to execute uh, in the commercialization of, of this technology, which will be happening in the beginning of the year as well. So we, we've got our hands full. And so I see myself as a, as a major leader to, to make all this happen and delighted with, the, uh, with what, the, what the future looks like with the company. Hmm. It's, it's fascinating to me, and I know 
your background is more in the area of finance and um, business management. And it's fascinating to me how someone with your background and that experience leads a really high-tech company where you know, the, the technology you alluded to it earlier is, is very uh, complex. It uh, requires some very smart scientists and engineers to pull it all together. Um, how do you lead a team of people that have this very specific expertise that, that are producing these very specific products and, and services without having that background? How do you get there? It is a it is it is the, the joy and bane of my life, and, the, and the, that is that you know when it I, I don't claim to be an expert in science at all. I'm a business guy, as you know, and so my thing is to be able to get the best people in the room at the uh, at the right time to be able to make the right decisions. And I'm going to be involved in posing those decisions and questions so the decisions can be reached and, and we go to the, in the proper way. It is a Leaders don't necessarily need to be the answer people to you know, scientific answers. Uh, I'm, I'm one who's posing the right questions. And so I want to make sure that the people in the room are, are talking to each other about the right direction we should be going. And not only to have our own employees in that room, but also to have the experts, outside experts, um, be involved as well. So getting the right people at the right time in the right room, getting the right answer is, is really my claim to fame that I've been able to do over my career. And I think that's why the company um, brought me in this, uh, into this capacity. I was on the board of directors of the company for six years and then became the chairman of the board. Uh, the existing, the former CEO retired. And so the, the board turned to me and said, hey, we want you to, to run the company. And I said, hey, I'm not a scientist. And they said, we don't need a scientist. We need a business guy to be able to take us through to where we need to go. And so that's that's been my role, and that's so strategy is is really my middle name. That that's really what the company needs, and that's where that's where my forte is. I'm, I don't consider myself to be an expert in, in any any real scientific um, answer to the questions. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's a fascinating insights, and it reminds me. And I can't remember the author of this book now, but uh, it's on my next up on my reading list, and it's called Who Not How, um, which I think speaks to that philosophy. Who, who do you surround yourself with that has the expertise that you need to get the things done that you want to get done rather than how do I do it and figuring it all out yourself and being the expert in those areas yourself? So I had a, a, a picture of the Lone Ranger, which is Clayton Moore in the old days. <clears throat> he started in the 50s and it was on TV all the time. Anyway, there's a picture of Clayton Moore with a big line through the middle of him like those no parking signs you see in Europe. And underneath it says, no clone rangers. And so the point is, is that we're, I'm not going to have anybody around me who's like me or anybody else that's, for that matter, that's like anybody else. So I want to have the best and brightest, with, you know, uh, representing all different walks of life of, of, of uh, technology, diversity, whatever. I want to be surrounded by as many different kind of people as possible. So no clone rangers is a, I really took seriously. And so we just don't have, you know, this is not a good old boys club. This is for sure. Mm. We want to have the best and brightest in the room at all times. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's. Um, I mean, that's contrary to kind of the old style management where business leaders would hire people that were pretty much of the same mindset, values, culture, 
as themselves and and so you never really got into a situation where somebody would challenge the status quo and say hang on um, let's try this differently or let's do something different right exactly hmm. all right well um you talked about surrounding yourself with the right people and and particularly in terms of building your own team what are some of the things you look for in terms of building the right culture and the right attitudes in that but at the same time having this philosophy of no clone ranges or bringing people on with diverse viewpoints with diverse talents with diverse um, know-how that that can kind of contribute to a bigger bigger uh, total well i guess there's no um list of you know i will only accept this and not that <laughs> that's that's uh that's not the where I'm going. But ironically, it turns out that the last three hires that we've made are all females and they're all PhDs. Um, and we've got a, um, you know, that's, that's bringing intelligentsia into the company, which is something that the small company really needs. And so when we, we upgrade ourselves to, to bringing PhDs that happen to be female and, 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 uh, actually there was one minority. And so it's, we, we have, uh, someone on the board. Uh, who is who's new to the to the company as well, and she's an MD. And so we we brought in this this talent into the company, and they've been attracted by the by the technology and the way that we do things here. So it's it uh, I guess good stuff begets good stuff. So we've been able to to, to present a a good cultured company where we really value diversity and and, and innovative thinking, and that we, we we believe we've got a good product on top of that. So people are attracted to join us. And so we, we have an, an open door for that, and it's, it's a drawing card on its own. Hmm. So building a, a culture of high performance first, and, and that attracts high-performing, smart people into the company. That's right. That seems to be working. Hmm. All right. The, um, let's talk a little bit about strategy then. You, you mentioned that strategy was your middle name. You, you were brought on basically to set strategic direction and, and set the business direction as well. I'm guessing that you know, in, in these times in particular, there are things that have to happen that uh, changes go about and, and also it, at the leading edge of artificial intelligence and using artificial intelligence in this unique way to work with drug companies, there's, there's lots of challenges there that um that yeah people might be afraid or something how do you how do you bring people on board engage them in conversations around strategy and then once once a strategy is decided ultimately get them all on board and and moving in the same direction well a strategy is is um, under development right now is, is I, I don't believe that we've got ourselves a strategy that's ironclad that we're going to you know, be married to we're a relatively young company. We've been around in our current um, the way we organize ourselves for the last four or five years only. Before that, we were Skyline Medical. We were a medical device company focused on a, a device that was called a Streamway. It was a, it's a machine that actually took um, affluence out of patients' bodies into a waste um, area within the, within the OR. So we've reinvented ourselves. We've acquired companies. We pasted it together. We have the overall vision that we want to be able to cure cancer. We're cobbling it together, and we've come up with some great, um, great innovations from that. 
and we're not done with the acquisition of Z Predictor that just happened, as I mentioned, um, bolts that on to where, where we're going, and we believe that we're going to be able to do even more than that. So it, we, we're, we're bent towards the cancer, oncology, oncology cancer, the oncology management, I guess, right now is as a, a primary focus. But we'll be um, entering into other cancer types as well. And our systems are designed to be able to go after all cancers. I guess the point is, is that we are, um, the strategy is we're not going to be anything, we're not going to be a baseball team. We're going to be a, a cancer company. And so that's a basic strategy core value. Mm. So we know that that's where we get up in the morning and we go to work. That, that's what we're focused on. So what can we do to, to, to make that more prevailing? And that's everybody in the company has got that same thing. So we, we work that process. We've got succession so strategic planning meetings going on uh, next month or the month after to actually refine the direction we're going in. So we've had some good successes that have, with our, our current uh, um, artificial intelligence system by the end of this year. And so what we're doing now is to say, okay, what are, where are we going to take that beyond that? So as a small company, we have to be able to learn from our uh, our mistakes and also from our from our accomplishments to be able to refine where we're going. And so we're we're still in that flux of being able to determine that exact that exact goal. But it's a it's we, we clearly know the big picture. We now need to get the the, the details worked out so we know exactly where we're going. Hmm. Hmm. So basically, people contribute or people participate in determining the strategy. And it sounds like you're very flexible on changing direction. Strategy is not set in stone. And if things change, then you can adapt. Right. And that, that's the whole point of these. You know, you, you, have, you got it right on the head. Is it's that we can't be um, just stuck in, in one way of doing things. We have to evaluate what else is out there. And where do we really want to put our scarce resources? And that, that really comes down to we'll, the management team will come up with that strategy. We'll take it to the board, and the board will, will agree with us, hopefully, and then we'll be able to marshal ourselves going forward. But it, it's a, it's a, it's a um, joint decision that, that both the management team and the board do together, and we take the company on. So it, it's a, we, we're looking at this over a three-year horizon, and where do we really want to go? And uh, I'm pretty excited about some of the opportunities that are out there for us. Mm. Mm. Sounds wonderful. Uh, drug companies, I guess, are your major clients. How, how are they embracing this technology and, and the opportunities that provides to them? At this point, our, our contact with the pharmaceutical companies has been um, initial. We haven't really gone after it in a in a big way until we were able to to demonstrate that the, our system really worked. And so we just recently, and we'll be announcing that soon, is that we've been able to determine that our Discovery 21 system works with artificial intelligence. So we can actually tell the the pharmaceutical company that you give us the compounds, we'll put it we'll put it into our artificial intelligence system, and people will tell you if these compounds are going to work or not against the cancer types that you're identifying. And so there's going to be trial and error where the pharmaceutical companies are going to say, show me. Hmm. And so we'll need to demonstrate that our system actually works. That's where we're getting into it next. So we're, we're, we've done the R&D work behind the scenes, and now we're ready to go revenue. We're, you know, we want to now sell this. And so this is where the, we're at a, a very important point of our um, overall development of the company. So we're moving from a, from a pre-revenue company to a revenue company, and that should be, that should be showing itself next year. Mm, that's that's a pretty significant transition. It takes a different kind of uh, uh, people, 
and that's where we hired the, the senior vice president of uh, strategic sales and, and uh, business development. That's our first person that we've really had who's focused 100% of the time is on top line sales. Hmm. All right. I'm curious how, uh, so the drug company, you're presenting a case to the drug companies. Here's what our technology does. It can predict if you give us a drug, it can predict that it's going to be effective or more effective than something else, perhaps, against a particular type of cancer. Um, how do you kind of prove that then to the drug company that that information is actually accurate? I guess that's the secret that um, is going to be to our success. That's the proprietary information. Okay. So it, I mean, that, that's we've taken a long time to get that far. And so there's, there's no way that we're going to divulge that information. Sure. sure. <laughs> But yeah, so suffice it to say, you have a way to kind of prove to the drug company, hey, here's the prediction, here's the results we have that shows that the prediction is in fact accurate. Right. Hmm. Excellent. Right. That sounds really exciting. Um, now, cancer, I mean, my mum my had several bouts with cancer and she passed away, unfortunately, five or so years ago from one of the, from her last bout with cancer and it's pretty insidious disease. So I've sort of had secondhand close contact with it. Now, I believe you're actually closer than that. So tell us a little bit about your journey and, and so that helps us understand why it's personally important to you to kind of get get cures for this insidious disease well to start my namesake um i was named after my grandfather and he passed away from cancer and i didn't i never met him uh, because he, he predeceased me i guess hmm. so cancer was early on in my family and uh, so i i got prostate cancer when i was in my 50s and went through the the da vinci uh, prostatectomy uh, um, surgical technique followed by radiation therapy and, and uh, you know, my, my life was passing in front of me during that time because you really don't know how it's going to come out. Hmm. Thank God that uh, the, the surgery worked, but it was not really focused on drugs at all. It was focused on, on just removing the prostate, which is pretty crude in its own right, but it was, uh, we're able to, to make that happen with drug therapy without having to go through the radical uh, removal, that, you know, so much the better. And so I'm very much of a proponent of being able to take care of this pharmaceutically than, than surgically. So anyway, cancer is in my family. And one thing that I, I and my, my grandson, who happens to be 14 years old, has had cancer also mm. in, in, on, on his rib, which they recently just removed the cancer, unfortunately. They had to remove the rib from him. But he's he's going to survive. And so it's, 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 it's right there in front of us. So we know that not only in our own families, but in everyone we, you know, others that we know have had cancer um, involved. So it's, 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 you're right, the word insidious is right. It, it's out there everywhere. And what can we do to, to help that go away by providing drugs that are helping pharmaceutical companies provide drugs that work better, more efficiently and faster in, in getting to the market? Not too many pharmaceutical uh, products have actually been approved by the FDA over the last 10, 15 years. So that's got to be accelerated. That's part of our goal. Hmm. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks for sharing that. That's. Uh, I think that puts things in some context in terms of why this is so important to you personally. Um, one of the things I'm curious about. I mean, clearly you've got a, a long career and experience in leadership. Did you um, 
did is leadership something you were kind of born with or is it something you taught yourself or you built up skills over time and can other people learn these learn these leadership skills i guess leadership is is not necessarily anything anything you're born with i, I really believe that it's, it's something you learn and it comes from um having to be involved with people who give you an example of what good leadership looks like that you, you potentially follow um, I know I learned a lot about leadership from my father and from other other people. The um, if if you don't have that role model, it's going to, it's harder to be a leader. Some of the, some of the leaders who are out there may not necessarily be good people people, uh, if you will, but they have good technology side. If you look at um, Steve Jobs for an example, was not a people person. He, he he made a lot of people angry, from what I could read and see on movies and so forth. But he was a an amazing leader to be able to take Apple to where it is now. So there's different ways to be a leader. You can be a technical leader, you can be a people-driven leader. Nevertheless, getting the company to move in the direction of, of positive, you know, moving the needle positive is leadership. So it, comes, it has all sorts of, of different uh, varieties. So it becomes, uh, you know, what what is it that, that is needed at the time? And if it turns out that you have to be there, you learn it, and you put your hand in the air, like I always do, I say, I'll do it. I may screw up, but at least I've had a chance to, to show that I can, I can learn from that. And that's been, I guess, a reason for my success over my career is I've had my hand in the air more times than others to, to say that I'll, I'll, I'll do it. And that's uh, usually how things get done. Hmm. Okay. And you mentioned there that sometimes you mess up. Uh, how, do you, how do you view those failures? Well, when I'm, when I'm um, coaching others and I, even coaching myself when things don't go well, I say to myself, if, I, if you were to do that over again, what would you do? And make and immediately think about that. So that the, you know, sometimes goofs are, are good if you can actually survive them. <laughs> so if you can learn from them, I mean, that's what it was it's all about is growing up and you know, starting off in the smaller environments and, and eventually taking on more and more responsibility. You don't make those goofs over again. So it becomes a you got to got to learn from uh, from your mistakes, and I think that good leaders understand that. And good leaders get feedback from others on their teams or around them, saying, "What can I? What should I stop doing? What should I start doing? What should I continue doing?" And get that information back from people on the outside who tell you the truth. And if you can listen to that, you're going to get better. And I really subscribe to that. That's a that's a feedback breakfast of champions. Mm. Yeah, I love it, and and I love the structure that you put around that feedback. Um, very very simple. Like, what should I stop doing? What should I start doing? And what can I do better? Right, exactly. Mm. Okay, well, this is a fascinating conversation. I mean, we could dig into the areas of leadership in a lot more detail, but clearly we have to be a little careful in terms of getting onto the technology part of. Um, putting you in a position where you have to tell us that you can't share that. Um, it's, I'm always excited when I hear a company doing exciting new things that can have a huge impact in the world and on so many people, and clearly you're one of those. And then, and at the forefront of technology, obviously, there's a lot that, that needs to be um, protected as intellectual property. So we respect that. Um, one of the... Uh, one of the things you mentioned was uh, 
building teams and increasing revenue. So you you talked about the sale, the VP of sales that you've hired. Obviously, that's the increasing revenue is one of their um, big big tasks, if you like. Um, how do how do how does everybody come on board in in that idea of increasing revenue? Because clearly, you've got lots of scientists working on technology and developing cool things. How do you kind of get them to be aware of this need for the company getting to a, a revenue positive now that you're at that point? I think that um, what we did is we hired a PhD in biology. And so she has actually, you know, she's got the credentials to be able to, to talk the, the PhD talk with pharmaceutical companies, and she's smart as a whip. But she also has an MBA in, 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 uh, in business. Hmm. And so she, she understands both sides, and that, that's, that's really where we're starting, since we haven't had that dialogue in a meaningful way with pharmaceutical companies until now. She'll be able to, she's been on the other side of being a pharmaceutical company, having salespeople come to her, and she's you know, saying, do I want to buy this or not? Hmm. So she understands that, that uh, duality that's out there. So if we've got, if she can actually probe to find that there are needs on the pharmaceutical company side, they 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 have a need to be able to accelerate their their R and D um, time to market, and we happen to have a way to do that. If she can actually explain that to to the powers to be at a pharmaceutical company, go buy it. But she has to understand how they think and how they walk and they, how they talk because it's a different kind of speak from the pharmaceutical side. And she's been, she's coming from a pharmaceutical company, which helps us. So it becomes a you know you start with one and you go to another, you go to another. So we, you build your 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 base. But when she has the the gears from a scientific standpoint and a sales standpoint together, we're going to be in good shape to to begin the, the commercialization process. Mm. Yeah, there's a there's a really key point in that I think, and that's the idea that as a salesperson, um, empathy is so critical and and the person you described that has been on the other side of that conversation uh, is bringing that empathy from a first-hand experience. Right, exactly. Mm. Wonderful. All right, Mel, I think it's a good point now to move on to the buzz, which is our innovation round. It's the same five questions I ask of every guest, and the idea is you'll give us some insightful answers that will inspire our listener to go and do something awesome as a result today. Okay. Set. What's the number one thing anyone needs to do to be more innovative? When I saw that question, I thought of a um, turning something upside down and shaking it. Mm. And that's generally a, um, if it's broken, it'll fall out. Yeah. And so you know, you, if you simply look at something as a stasis, the way it always is, you're really not going to innovate that much. You could change the paint color on it, and you could probably put another window on the front. But that does, that's not really innovation. But putting it on its head to see if it's going to break or not, or come up with another idea, uh, I was doing this kind of conceptually, but it, it does, it makes mm. the, the people involved actually look at things with a different set of eyes. And so innovation is, is interesting to you know actually get a group of people in the same room and say, well, we're going to change this, whatever it happens to be. And they come up with some bizarre things, but they become really novel and, and, and good. So on a bigger scale, if you think of this going to be a, a company our size or the stuff we're doing, if people are actually starting to think, as they say, out of the box 
you're going to you're going to come up with um, something that's that you didn't have before, and so that's that's a, that's just you know we're treaded. We don't go away and say we're going to today we're going to go innovate we're going to spend the next half an hour like that doesn't happen. You got to have that as a mindset that people are actually mm. challenging each other. Wait a minute, let's let's take whatever this is and turn it upside down and look at it. Whatever the idea happens to be, whatever you know, whatever the the asset is, whatever. So it is it is a different way of, of viewing the world. Hmm. Yeah, I love it. And and also it makes those sessions where you say, okay, well, it's time to get together to do a brainstorm or, or to discuss this. It makes them fun as well because it kind of gives people the freedom to, um, you know, conceptually turn things upside down and really pull it apart. That's right, yeah. Hmm. It reminds me of, um, and I can't, Edward de Bono wrote a book and I just can't think of the title now. I mean, he wrote hundreds of books, so that's why I can't think of the title of this particular one. But he talks about techniques for innovation. Now, I'm sure that turning it upside down is one of them, but he has things like mirroring and um, reversing and um, what if you know, challenging assumptions. So, you know, listing all the assumptions or, or listing all the things that you know to be true and then basically saying, what if that was false? What if that was the opposite? So there's a whole right. list of um, resources there, and it's actually fun to do these things and, and just say, okay, there's no rules here other than these techniques to kind of guide thinking. I agree. There's a, we used to do war games. Uh, war games is where you there's one set of people are on one side of the, whatever the debate is, and one's on the other, and you try to, Try to win in terms of you know, new ideas. And it's amazing on how you get parochial and start looking at the at the world out of one set of eyes because that happens to be your own companies. <laughs> but when you actually are required to be on the other side of the room and now you're going to be, you know, the competition's um, view of us, then it, it becomes different. All of a sudden, you're hearing things that you didn't expect to hear. And it's a, it's a good it's a good practice. Hmm. I love that too. Yeah, wonderful. All right, now what's the best thing you've done to develop new ideas? Well, the, there's, this is a, a, I was involved from the beginning. I didn't actually do this, but um, I like to feel that I was involved. I was the man. I was in charge of Latin America in the old days, where I was a regional director. And this was in Argentina back in in uh, the early '90s. And this is before cell phones were available. And this is even before telephones were available on, on a regular basis in Argentina. It was a very backward communication company or country back in those days. And we actually had a, a company we're trying to acquire through a, um, a standard. Here's a, we're offering you the, these dollars to buy you and they're about ready to sell it to us. And a competitor came in and a tender offer uh, came flying. We had a tender war going on back and forth. And the other company came in with a higher offer. And so we needed, we knew that we were not going to get any more money from the corporation on this bid. So we had to figure out a way, how are we going to be able to get this bid done with, with not bidding as much as the other company? And it turned out that we we were able to win based upon how we got the paperwork from the ophthalmologists who happened to own the stock of this company to the to the lawyers that would actually stamp the um, the, the, the you know the, the papers to be able to make this happen. And we used uh, taxi drivers on motorcycles. And so we we figured out how to put those papers in the back of the of the of the car and be able to have the taxi drivers on motorcycles drive to the lawyer's office to be able to get the, the papers stamped and be able to get it back. And we did it faster than the other company. 
Mm. Turns out that when this deal was done, that the people involved, myself included, were brought to the table by the, the company's president saying, how did you do this? And we explained it. This was, we weren't paying any more money or anything under the table. We just outsmarted them in terms of how to get things done because we understood the environment and how to get the communication to work when you didn't have the, the tools available. It makes you think about there's always a different way to get things done. That is, it's real life. It happened to you know, while we were there. Mm. And, uh, I'm proud to have that all worked out, but it was a, was a pretty exciting time. Yeah, yeah, that's a fascinating story, and it, I mean, to me, it sounds like you know resourcefulness is is really key in that kind of situation. Whereas, where well, a couple of things you you identified that whilst you couldn't add more value to the bid, there were some other things of value you could bring to the company you are acquiring, and speed of the transaction and ease of the transaction seemed to be one of them so you figured out a way to do that that's what happened yeah there was um, a lot of other reasons why they're all good because um i guess the, the the people involved looked at us from a prior life in terms of being the best company they, they wanted to align with when they were selling their shares but it was so there's you know qualitative things along with it but we were able to get it done um faster and more efficiently and more innovatively than the sleepy um other company that I won't mention the name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Now, do you have a favorite resource you use most often? A favorite what, sorry? A favorite resource. Favorite resource. Um, well, I guess um, I could, I could, not really. I think it, it really varies on whatever the issue is. I don't have, you know, something that I flip open and start reading. Hmm. Uh, I, I'm just trying to get as many input points during my life as I can. And when there's, one that's meaningful, then I'll, I'll pick it up. I don't have any particular one. Yeah, and and I guess people are probably really important as as a resource for you. And it sounds like you know you, you're really strategic about who you surround yourself with. Yeah, that's a, the whole notion of the no clone rangers. I want to surround myself with the with the smartest people. Hmm. All right. The best way to keep a project on track. I really believe that if you start on time and end on time, you're going to be on time. And that that's a kind of a discipline that I put into place with my people in, uh, inside baseball. If we're doing, you know, the senior team kind of things or management meetings or those kind of things, I'm, I'm pretty anal in terms of the overall use of time and making sure we're punctual. I think that when you know that that's the expectation of the chief executive, all of a sudden, the, the trains start running on the on schedule. Uh, it's just a colossal waste of time to be coming into a room and waiting for someone to, to you know to join. And so you've got hmm. a lot of a lot of excess costs just burning up waiting on people. That's just it's, it's not the way to do it. So I, my expectation is that you know if you're here and you're getting a salary, you should be here on time. And so that's this one way to do it. The other is to if we have um, if you're working with another party, then you can't really hold people accountable to time. But you can say that let's let's make sure that we have a, a to-do list that we both agree on. That uh, you know, if you if you know that you're going to have to do X Y Z by the time this meet, next meeting happens, okay, then we'll document it. We'll make sure we're there, and you know, make sure that that uh, people are holding their end of the bargain. So it becomes a if there's a culture between us and whoever we're talking with. 
that they're they're buying into the same uh, values that we are, then you're you're, you're probably going to get this done sooner than later and be more efficient. So pe people, if they if they agree on the overall um, goal and they, they believe that the tools are going to be time related and we're going it's going to be more efficient that way and people can buy into it, and then you know have some fun with that. Um, what we do is in our meetings, if you're late by one minute, you get charged a dollar. <laughs> you know, I mean that that's it's, it's amazing on how many dollars we've collected, how many dollars we haven't collected. Hmm. But people actually show up five minutes early because they you know can talk to each other before hmm. the meeting starts. So it's a, it's a it's a different way of, of looking at things. Yeah, yeah, and and it sounds like setting the expectation and building a culture around around that is is key though, and that the like being on time is in a way a metaphor for having everything running properly and and right, exactly. on, on track and on on plan so my dad used to tell me when i used to come home late he said look the only reason you're late is because you didn't leave on time but dad you don't understand you know no the only reason you're late is because you didn't leave on time so that's you know if it's drilling your head over a period of time it's true you can't argue that so just get yeah, yeah. a little extra time right that's all it's mm. That's right. Yeah, people often say, "Oh, the traffic was terrible," or, um, "You know, I just missed the train," or something. But yeah, right. come back to you didn't leave on time. There you go. Pretty simple. Mm. All right. What's the number one thing anyone can do to differentiate themselves? I think that if you got a good idea, that um, you should you should make sure you get a, someone to listen to you, and not to not to just um, swallow it and say, "Well, I wish that I had come forward with this idea because." Then things would have been better. I wish, I wish, I wish. If mm. you've got a good idea, um, come forward with it and, and figure out a way to get that communicated. If you, if you have a hard time communicating things, find someone else who can communicate it with you. But then don't don't let too, you know good things go by. I mean that's the colossal waste of human energy. If, if you've got good ideas and you've left them on the table, um, you know I can imagine how many people die with great ideas in their head. So you know if, if someone were to go in do a you know, post mortem on there. Wow, look at all those ideas that never came out. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there's, you know, millions of those around, but we, we want to make sure that, in my mind, is that if you've got a good idea, let's get it done. Mm, yeah, that's, that's great advice. And it, I sometimes have this feeling, and I sometimes hear other people say as well, I, you know, there's something comes out that um, is a great product or a great service, and, and somebody will say, and I've had this thought, I thought of that years ago. Uh, but yeah, thinking of it is one thing. Taking action to talk about it and to maybe even pursue producing it is is an entirely different thing. Well, there's some incredible miracles that are out there. If you look at Facebook and you look at you know Microsoft and you know how these companies started in, in dorm rooms and you know mm -hmm. back in college. I mean, it's amazing how they all can happen. So it's, it's, it's doable. There's, Amazon's not the only winning company in the world. There's going to be somebody else who's going to come up with an idea and just blow them out of the water. But we haven't seen it yet, but uh, mm. it'll happen, I'm sure. Mm. All right. Well, thanks for getting us through the buzz. Now, this has been a fabulous conversation. Where can people find out more about the work you do, the work Predictive Oncology does, and also maybe even reach out and say thanks for what you've shared with us today, Mel? Well, we're, our website is, is uh, www.predictive-oncology.com. And that, that uh, has all the information that people will need. It has uh, 
contact information for me if they want to talk to me or if they want to talk to anybody else on my management team or board. It has all this, the detail of what I've described today on this podcast. It's quite a, it's a, it's a totally redone website that I'm real happy to, to see it happen. So we, we, it's just been out there now for, I don't know, 60 days. So it's, it's, it's fresh. It's, uh, it's true of what's going on with the company. It's, it's, a, it's a good read for people. Hmm. All right. We'll uh, post that link in the show notes and people can read some more background about the work you're doing, the, the products and um, technology that you have, and also the ability to contact your or members of your team. Right on. Do you have some parting advice for our listeners today, Mel? Uh, never look back. Keep going. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's so, there's so much to do on this planet, and um, I'm you know I think that there's there's sunny days ahead. We can get a, this this pandemic is going to get over with, and we're going to get back to normal. I really believe that that's happening um, right in front of our face, and it's a matter of you know when, not if. So I, I think even when when times are tough, the tough get going, and that's an old expression, but. But clearly, there's there's uh, sunnier days ahead, and I'm really looking forward to seeing those. Mm. Yeah, and I think it's a, kind of a optimistic view, but not a, an unrealistic optimistic view to say let's look forward. I mean, we can learn from what's happened over the last two years, or or other things that have happened in the past, but not to dwell on them and to keep looking back. Uh, I think is is a recipe for the the stresses and the even the level of depression that we've seen over the last couple of years. Um, if people were to look forward and how can we move on, how can we get through this, um, is is a much more positive way to do it. I agree. Hmm. All right, and finally, who else should I get on this show and why? Um, well, there's. I wish I could tell you a name, but I, I think that the just about anybody who you would book. I, I, I don't have a name that I can give you. It would be embarrassing to put on this podcast. <laughs> um, but I, I think that um, I, can, I can give you a series of names offline, but I, I just don't have contact information available to give that to you right now. So I, I think it's, okay, well, we'll it's, it's a worthwhile endeavor for people to do. We'll get, um, get those names and introductions later on. Well, thanks so much for sharing your time and your insights with us so generously today it's been fascinating to dig into this idea of how you've come into this really high-tech innovative scientific company as a a non-scientist but as a business person and how you've built a team around you that are essentially not clones uh, but (laughs) not not only from the point of view of different skill sets but also different um, contributions different um, yeah completely diverse viewpoints and backgrounds and brought them all together with a common purpose, a common vision and and a culture to really drive this forward. So I look forward to seeing what happens with with your technology and the results that you bring about. And, and certainly, um, you know, as I said personally before, I, I personally have been touched in a way by cancer. So I'm really... Um, looking forward to the results of of your work as well so all the best in the future and let's keep in touch mel okay thank you i hope you enjoyed that insightful and really informative conversation with mel and took something away from his episode i invite you to think about 
a problem or a challenge you're facing right now. First one that comes to mind is perfect. Now, turn it upside down. Shake it up a little. What new thoughts come to mind? Write them down. Now, turn the problem or challenge inside out. Again, write down the thoughts that come to mind. Finally, put a mirror in front of that problem or challenge and look at it in the mirror. Look at its mirror image. Write down the thoughts that that brings up. Did that open up a range of new possibilities? New ideas? Imagine if a simple exercise like this in just a few short minutes can generate new ideas, new possibilities and new perspectives. What can you do with this technique throughout your business, throughout your life? Mel's episode can be found at innovabiz.co forward slash Mel Engel. That is M-E-L-E-N-G-L-E. All lowercase, all one word, innovabiz.co forward slash Mel Engel. You'll also find contact information there for getting in touch with Mel as well as links to the Predictive Oncology website, to Mel's social media pages, and the other resources we spoke about in our conversation today. If you've listened this far into the show, then here's that challenge for you. If you love this conversation and got value from it, and you think it'd be useful to one other person, be brave enough to jump out of the aeroplane. Be brave enough to share this conversation with that one other person. And my guess is that in the 505 or so other episodes that we've published up until right now, there is at least one other that's equally as valuable to you as this episode. So I invite you to pick your favourite number or maybe just take a 30-second glance through the past episodes, and between now and the next episode, listen to one more. And then go to LinkedIn, write me a little note telling me which episode you picked, why you picked that one, and what was your biggest takeaway. Let's get a conversation going. Thanks for listening. We'd love you to leave a review on this episode so that we can get to know you and why you listen. Also, it will help us make the podcast even better for you. Simply go to lovethepodcast.com forward slash InnovaBuzz to pick your preferred platform. And you can follow the show by going to followthepodcast.com forward slash InnovaBuzz. If you'd like a peek behind the curtain into how we put together this show, go to innovabuzz.co forward slash flywheel, where you can access a free gift my team and I made for you, a short audio program that walks you through the entire InnovaBuzz flywheel. We want to give you everything you need to transform your marketing and your podcast into a human-centered, relationship-focused growth engine. Tune in again to the next episodes of the InnovaBuzz podcast, where we've got yet more fantastic guests lined up. Until next time, I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz. Remember, be awesome and keep innovating.